All right, what's up, guys? Um, we're the nice fade. Yeah, today. yeah. It's pretty hard. <laughs> we're working uh, out the kinks. <laughs> so this is uh, this is our our new podcast. Um, we're gonna call it Three Guys, One Couch. So it's me, Lewis, me, Frankie, <laughs> me, Daniel Monroe, <laughs> also known as the MLB MVPs, the, the Brooklyn Muffs. Brawlers, and the Colorado Crush. All right, so, of alliteration. so we had this idea because we thought it would be pretty cool to add it to the league because, you know, we already have the WordPress um, to, like, I don't know, just talk because we're always talking fantasy baseball anyway. So we figured we'd record it and maybe you guys would, you know, find it interesting. And if nothing else, we can listen to ourselves talk and uh, compliment our smooth voices. Basically, if you recorded us at any point of the day, we probably would be talking about this or writing about this, so... Just uh, get a little bit out of our system right here and lessen the kind of, uh, the, the, like, writing can be kind of taxing sometimes, so just talking to each other and riffing. What Frankie's trying to say is that he doesn't want to do high lows this year, so instead he's just going to talk for 10 minutes into a microphone and hope that that suffices. By the time I started one of those articles, I think it would be the next week when I, when I posted it. So we have a seasoned podcast veteran in, in Justin, our commissioner. Um, so he'll help us. He'll help us. I've hosted about 25 episodes of The Change Up. You may or may not have heard of it. It was a very successful during its run, but we decided it would, the success kind of outgrew us, they got went, through our heads. They went viral in North Korea at a, at a time, so, you know. But anyway, so we're going we're gonna to talk about some, some stuff because we just drafted last weekend, you know. Opening day is tomorrow, so... Yeah, right now we're recording. It's Wednesday night, so all right, let's jump into it. We let's, have all the news we need for opening day. Let's, let's Nothing else is right going in. to happen between now. Yeah, and Lind- opening Lindor day. just got hurt <laughs> again, so I'm sorry. Lindor, Nick. Bro- Lindor broke his knee, actually. Yeah, uh, that's that's a fun one. All right, so, um, all right, so if you go on fan tracks, uh, and you go to on the side, if you go to other and you go down to draft results, they actually sort it in a pretty cool way. They have the board, kind of like how we draft. Um, so that's a cool addition to Fantrax. But um, let's go through it. Let's let's talk about our teams. You know, how do you, how do you both feel, Justin? You want to start? Yeah. Well, as the commissioner of the league and the person who's won the league the most amount of times, I feel like the draft went pretty well overall. Not necessarily from my team's perspective. But from everyone's perspective, it was smooth. We had 11 people there yeah. for the first time ever. That was pretty cool. Um, there were bagels. There were bagels from there Utopia. Were, there were chips, lime chips. There was dip. Oh. There were beers. The beer was flowing. Um, Nick <laughs> Miller. <laughs> Mike realized that Guinness has a ball in the, in the can <laughs> when you drink it. Nick, Nick Miller brought some hard alcohol. I know. <laughs> Pulled the whiskey out. <laughs> I think his goal was to try and get everyone else drunk at the draft. <laughs> yeah, that might have backfired a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Too was much he drunk next? by Edwin Diaz is the question. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so, so my team specifically, I, I wanted to come into the draft. I had the seventh pick overall. I really wanted to go – Pitching heavy at the top, right, and then interspace some hitting in the middle, and then go pitching again at the end. I feel like for the most part, it went as well as it could. Um, Verlander was a target of mine for my first pick, right. and then because his name is Justin, his name is Justin. Yeah, the for the second pick, I do feel like there's a tier. I feel like Syndergaard's kind of the last of the tier. Yeah. Um, so I was happy that he ended up falling to me. I wasn't necessarily expecting to get him. I thought there'd be a couple of other pitchers on the board. 
but everyone pretty heavy pitching in the first two rounds. Yeah, that was that was definitely surprising. Um, not in a bad way, but um, just in the past, I feel like a lot of these teams that took pitchers with their first picks have been either like I don't know intimidated to do it because they have to reach a little bit. But um, I mean, we saw Jeff always takes a pitcher first, but we saw uh, Galembo take a pitcher first. Yeah, it's a new oh. strategy. And then we have Hogbro. Yeah, I mean, Hogbro just won. the biggest. 180 consider what was that two two three years his, ago his first year, year two years two, ago two, yeah you know? he took like hitters up until he took Matt Shoemaker that was his ace that and then last year was Joey Votto in the first yeah he did take Votto in the first he took Votto in the first yeah. but now we have Hybro really giving himself a nice uh, nice rotation well nice beginning of the rotation with those those top three yeah um, but uh, but uh, an interesting second interesting second pick but. I know we're talking about Justin's right now, so no, um, so yeah, an no, interesting second. Like it's no, interesting. There's no, there's no strict format. We're just, we're just. It's an interesting sandwich, though, with, with two really guy, two guys who will be reliable throughout the year, most likely, and yeah. really put up the numbers. And then there's just all the guy with all the upside in the world, and then that that sandwich really will will pay off if uh, it if depends. Yeah, it depends. There, there's definitely question marks with every team, but um, let's go through the first round and. Yeah. Let's let's say, you know, how we feel about the picks in the first round, and then maybe we'll take it team by team a little bit. Yep. But all right, so so Ben starts out, and he wants a thick-necked beast. Thickest neck. All-American, <laughs> obviously white. Um, and so Mike Trout is just the obvious pick there. I really enjoy this narrative of racist Ben. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it couldn't be farther from the truth. But, Cut to know. Ben sitting in his underwear at home. I'm not racist, guys. <laughs> So I He's wasn't be the surprised. First comment on SoundCloud. I, I wasn't surprised at all that that he took Trout. Um, I mean, this is the only draft where you would take Trout first. That's how you know Ben was picking. <laughs> so. I don't even I like I don't disagree with it as as in it's a bad pick. I think personally I would have went Scherzer if I had the first pick. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't think any. I feel like even though this draft was so pitching crazy, I feel like most people in Ben's position would still go with with Trout. With Trout. Yeah, I mean, Trout's so good. He is so good. And, like, if he's healthy for a full season, that's, like, 700 points. So that's kind of nice. It's just been a while, I feel like, since we had, like, it's hard to remember when Pujols was doing it. But Pujols used to get, like, 750 points when we first started playing. Yeah, the scoring was different back then. It was. But, but was it that different for hitting, honestly? I, if I anything, remember. it was worse because we had strikeouts as negative The steroids one. were different back then. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that. But I wasn't surprised at all by Ben going yeah. Trout number one. I don't think it's going to hurt him to have Mike Trout. No. You know? He's the best player of our generation. Yeah, definitely. And then we got Jeff at number two taking Max Scherzer also, I think, no Mo- surprise. Most, most expected yeah. one, two, yeah, definitely. I think. Is Scherzer no your one. number one pitcher coming into this year? Yeah. For me, Yeah. 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 How about you? Yeah, I think there's no question. After I mean, that, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, like, there'll be a lot of differences if we if we pulled the league, but I feel the, like... The thing is, he's been the top for so long. Yeah. It's been so consistent. There's been no regression. Like, last year, all the underlying support mm-hmm. what Scherzer's been doing. So there's really no reason to question him or anything he's done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, in the beginning of his career, he got a little overshadowed by Kershaw, but Kershaw's kind of taken that back seat now. Yep. With the injuries and the decreased velocity, so Scherzer just checks off all the boxes. I feel in any league whatsoever, like Frankie just drafted Scherzer <laughs> yeah, in another league. league, so that's why he's. <laughs> I think he's anyone who drafts Scherzer, Scherzer first, well, it's, it's a interesting real to talk about though, because when all is said and done, Scherzer might come away with a better career than than Kershaw, and nobody acknowledges that, but it might happen. Now, at their peak, was Kershaw better? I don't know. 
I mean, probably just because Kershaw was so dominant. But I think so. But maybe longevity wise, yeah. Scherzer has compiled better stats. Does over Scherzer a have, period. Does Does Kershaw have two differently colored eyes? No, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> okay. Does he have a dog that has two differently colored eyes? Because are also a does. good point. Yeah. You know a lot about Scherzer. <laughs> that's interesting. I do my research all all around. You know, I just try to see the entire player. So next pitcher off the board. So is Nick Morano's pick. Yeah. Nick Morano, new to the league. I thought he was going to take bets here. Just got hyped up in the opening video. Yeah. Right? We had that, that was amazing, incoming challenger. Fantastic job. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> it was really good. You made Lewis all weird in the head, I think. It was yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I might have. Um... So Nick Morano, new to the league, has been dying to get in, knocking on the door, yeah. texting me almost every other week saying, like, shit hey, have you guys, you guys have a spot yet? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, Nick, maybe next time. And then Wells, boom, drops out of the league, locked into his basement, Force him out. can't come out. Force him out of Wells. Wells, if you're listening, Wells. we love you. He goes Corey Kluber. Third pick overall, second yeah. pitcher off the board. Yeah, so... What do you think of this pick? So, I think that... If you were drafting in 2015, you know, maybe using an Aaron Thompson, you know, cheat sheet, then it makes sense. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to fully knock the the pick because like Kluber has been dominant for a couple of years, but it's just that like if you're paying attention to that advanced metrics, um, Kluber's have you know they're kind of scary this year based off what he did last year. So like in terms of candidates who are ranked high who might underperform, I think Kluber is, you know, he's one of the guys you might pick in that area. Um, so for me, I didn't have Kluber in my own, like, personal rankings. I didn't have him as the third or the second pitcher. How far down did you have him? Um, so, you I You probably guess didn't even have him as the best Indian. I'd have to do him. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's hard to bet against Kluber in terms of the Indians. But, yeah, I think I would have taken Bauer and Carrasco over Kluber. Wow. Yeah. I like both Bauer and Carrasco a lot this year, but I would have put Scherzer, Degrom, Sale, Verlander, Cole, Bauer. I think Nola, Carrasco. So Kluber was really far Kluber. down for you. Yeah, I mean, like I had him in the top ten, but I definitely didn't have him in the top five. Sounds at least. closer to ten. Yeah, definitely closer to ten for me. How about for you guys? Like, I think for me, it's the same thing. I mean, I I'm looking at the way the draft went, and I kind of agree. With this general order, I mean, I'm was I was really high on Bauer this year, but um, I I was thinking a lot going into this from the perspective of where my draft slot was, so that's why I had Bauer on the mind. But I think I would still agree with the ranking that you just said, where I feel like after Snell, um, I would end that tier with Kluber and then start the next tier with Syndergaard for that, um, and get into like the Thors and the Buellers. I I don't know if I'm as high on Flaherty just because of the newness and Kershaw because of the the injuries. So I think, and then after that, it just it gets too into the nitty gritty. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just anybody on the Indians rotation is just. I feel like I mean, he's just good like, for innings, probably right. Like yeah, that's the upside just, with Kluber. Yeah, and it, it's it's really it is difficult to think about, but it's just like like I think a lot of times when I'm drafting, I you guys probably agree. Like I, I'm thinking about excitement a lot of the time too and I feel like everybody else in that Indians five um the other four are more interest more exciting more exciting yeah than, than I agree with that. like I want to I want to be confident and kind of have also that that spark and even though and they have these guys the, the those top guys are tried and true but they they still excite you like DeGrom still like 
you know, you can get excited about that. Like, I don't know about him necessarily getting another Cy Young campaign, but just... Um, well, you like him young and fertile. Yeah. You know, I mean, the ground's a little too old, I think, too. But, um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't think he, he, for him to, 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 to lead your team, to be that guy who's your, your first pick, uh, I think there were just other options on the board that I would consider easily before yeah. Kluber. And even just from a perspective of hitting as well. So then Galembo comes up to pick. And I don't think there's any doubt in his mind. He took Jacob DeGrom pretty quickly. Yeah. Was that the next pitcher off the board? I, th- I think so. I would have taken DeGrom if I was Nick. So personally. DeGrom fell a little bit to Galembo. Yeah, I and guess. That was a pretty good pick. I guess. Honestly, though, like going into this, so like, you know, everyone kind of guesses who's going to pick who, especially in that first round. And like, I, I saw it going Trout, Scherzer, Mookie, DeGrom. So, so yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess that Kluber thing, whether you know, I don't maybe it's 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 very early in it, but that could be attributed a bit to like setting the trend because you get your first those first two out of the way, and then it's like what happens next? Is it the best hitter on the board in Mookie? Or yeah, is that's it, true. It could have it could have so made Mike. I think Mike had the Jacob Degrom sticker in his hand already too. Yeah. So I don't think Nick would have been able to to pick. It's interesting as a Mets fan, I. I tend to think Mike stayed away in previous years from picking the Mets, um, just because, right, if they do well, he'd be happy anyway. But now yeah. if they... Well, now the stars align. If, if so. DeGrom gets hurt, right now Galembo's sad for two reasons. Yeah. But um, would you, like, would you have done something differently if you were Mike? I personally like Sale better. Yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about him when we get there. But are you down on DeGrom? No, no absolutely not. Well, I think that there's a top three to four tier for first starting pitchers. Right. It's Scherzer, Sale, DeGrom... Maybe I would throw Verlander in there. Yeah. I think he's kind of in a tier by himself between he's straddling yeah, the between the, the yeah he's a one A. Before this, Degrom's always. I mean, what, how many years has Degrom been? Well, in, last in year's the first year Degrom really took that that next step, right? Yes. Because he, he skirted around like high second round. Yeah, he was always the second round the previous couple right, of years. Right. All right. So then the next pick we've got uh, Mookie Betts. He goes to Mannheim. Easy pick if you're just like you know you're, you're thinking about. The pitchers on the board, and you go, you know what? All these guys are good. It's a hard decision. I could just take the guy who's just alone in this. Well, not alone, but who's in this tier with him and Trout. Oh, hitters? Well, I mean, they are in it like, to yeah. themselves. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it, it depends. Mannheim's choice here is: Do I go hitter and take Mookie Betts? Do I go pitcher and go Chris Sale? The yeah. only knock on Sale is one injury history at the end of last year. He was banged up a little bit, and also he pitched so deep into October that maybe he's not as fresh to start this year. That's so maybe point. Mannheim had those question marks in the back of his head. I still think Sale is a great pitcher, but he clearly wanted to go Mookie Betts. I had him last year. Frankie had him the year before. The guy's dirty. <laughs> he, he puts up four and a half points a game for yeah, you. He right? does, yeah. It, and it comes in chunks, too. There'll be a 13-pointer. There'll be a 9-pointer. and Yeah, he has. I think he did has. Did I have the, him the year before that? There was a year you put me on to him. I took I him think like it might have been the year eighth before or ninth. That. Yeah, maybe. I think he easily puts up, like, the highest amount of, like, crazy games that you come in the next day and, like, trash talk everybody about. It, it becomes so commonplace that you don't even get excited about, but you yeah. should because he's he's also another generational talent. Well, that's an interesting thing, I think, like, if you're just talking about how your perspective is when you're looking at your box score and seeing what your players did. If, if your hitter hits a home run, right, and he gets... Like a Mookie Betts can hit a homer and get a steal, and he's got 11 points that day. 
And you'll come in and you'll be like, oh, wow, he did really well. But if he does that a couple of times, you're kind of numb to it. Whereas if a pitcher is getting 28 points per start, it's only happening a couple of times right. a week. And so maybe based on your, your perception, you're getting more out of the pitcher. Whereas here, Mookie Betts can score 50 in a week pretty casually, you know? So I, I'm not going to knock the Mookie Betts pick here because um, I think that Mookie and Trout are safely 600-point hitters. Um, but yeah, so let's go to the next one. Um, Harbro comes through and for the first time ever goes pitching in the first round and he goes Chris Sale. What do you guys think? I think in the, I mean, just based on the conversation we just had about Mookie, it's like, it's kind of, at this point it would have been one or the other, like Jeremy would have gone Sale and, well, I mean, we, we got to know what Hagro exactly is thinking because based on his next two picks, he was pretty. He had pitching on the mind. Yeah, I'm really curious so what would have happened if, what, if, if Mookie fell to him. If Mannheim went sale, yeah, does does Hagro take Verlander? Because that does end that like god tier. I think I think he would take Verlander. I think Hagro and he can let us know if this is correct. Was trying to compensate from previous years not having enough pitching. Right. It and does so look he like had that. a plan to go pitching early. Yeah, and then I'm curious what you would have done. If that happened, so first let's. I see. would have went Mookie. You're 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 Verlander pick. You're happy with that. I'm right? happy with it. You I came in you know right. it would have been nice if Sale or Degrom fell to me. Right. I wasn't expecting them to. Um, but my it was, guess is that Hogbro thought Degrom was going to fall to him. him. Yeah, or was just like kind of going with that as a game plan. You know, so I kind of viewed my seventh overall pick as a. Uh, I was kind of the middle of the draft, and I was separating between two sides, and one side was really like the Mets fans, and the other side was the Yankee fans. So I'm not surprised. Every time one side was drafting, I expect all the Mets players to go. And then one time the other side was drafting, I expect all the Yankee players That's to pretty go. pretty interesting. And so I was kind of separating between both of them. I tried to take advantage of it on both sides. But Verlander is definitely someone I was targeting. Um, I think he's solid. You don't want someone with question marks as your first pick. Right. And I think he checks that box as someone who's done it for long enough where I don't have any questions. I can throw him out there against any opponent and feel like he's going to score for me. Yeah. For me, the age is the is the question mark. Where you're just hoping but that's you, what, been. not hoping. You're just yeah, I know. Like every year, and you're just thinking, is this going to be the year where it does? But he's just giving you no reason. Like to, a fine wine, Verlander yeah. only gets better with <laughs> I mean, time. Daniel said it at the end of the draft. I don't know if you guys caught it, but he was like, he was he was critiquing he's like, my picks. Team sucks. But he was like, saying because I, I asked him like, what about my pitchers? Didn't he like? And he said that to him, they're not big dick pitchers. And I asked him what a big dick pitcher was, and he actually said Justin Verlander as a big dick pitcher. And I kind of see where he's coming from, as just a guy who's been so proven. So Verlander, in the middle of his career, right, he struggled a bit. I did have him one year. He wasn't great. Lewis had him one year. He wasn't great. that was a bad one. He did have some core surgery, and people are saying that impacted him for a couple of years, and now he's finally back. Really? He's having that renaissance now. And Houston also getting traded to the Astros, where they are embracing analytics, where the Tigers didn't that he's been able to flourish there in the same way that, right, Garrett Cole, and we'll get to talk yeah, about him, yeah. kind of revitalize his that career. That is true. They do magic. I, I had Verlander when he was traded, I, I think. Yeah, I think you did. Because yeah. he, he was kind of having a lackluster season, if I remember correctly. Like, yep. it was, it definitely wasn't his, his best. Yeah, and when then, you took him, that's And true. then once that Astros trade happened, it just seemed like he was just, I mean, yeah, they do, they have a great uh, system there where they seem to, like, put something in the water and the pitchers become... Uh, monsters, but hmm. I think that um, just that that move alone seemed to like turn something on in him, where it's like, were you just fucking around like the whole the whole year or something? And he kind of implied it, like 
I remember just seeing, again, I'm not like stalking every player on social media, but I remember <laughs> him just saying something <laughs> about like how he was just so, he just like, again, that, that the, the big dick energy, the BDE, he was just like, <laughs> pro, like putting out there that he, he, he was completely in control of what, you know, he was doing with his pitches and then he backed it up when that move happened. It was some sort of post of him just like people were talking shit about like his velocity or something like that. But anyway. So the next pick, and when I was speaking to someone in this room before the draft, what they said to me is, Nolan Arenado is the trap pick. Yeah. So I want that person to expand <laughs> on what that means. All right, so so I, out, I did say that. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with how I look at um, how I'm going to assemble my own team. Um, so, Nick, if you're listening, don't get butthurt. But, um, so you're picking a third baseman here, right? And I, th- I think unquestionably, third base was the deepest position this year. Like there were, there were a good, I don't know, fifteen third basemen that I probably would be fine starting every day throughout the year, all the way down probably to Devers. Um, so taking Arenado here gets you, I don't know, like five hundred and fifty to six hundred points, somewhere in that range, which is obviously really good. It's the first round, but when you're comparing him to I don't know, a Mike Moustakis, who I forget when you took him, but that, like, Moustakis could get anywhere from 450 to 5, you know? So really, you're gaining maybe 100 points with this pick, whereas if he went Bregman, for example, you're gaining a significant chunk over, you know, if Bregman gets 600 points and the 10th best shortstop gets 400 points, you're gaining 200 there. So you're more down on, since Bregman's also a third baseman, you're just more down on Arenado's skill set as well. Well... The thing that would put Bregman above for me is the shortstop eligibility. Okay. I wouldn't play Bregman at third base because okay. um, I think shortstop's shallower, even though it's still decently deep. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Arenado's really solid, and in real life he's a fantastic player. But in a – I don't know. In our points league, I just feel like he's never been someone that wins the league in my opinion. You're saying he doesn't have the big dick energy. I don't, I don't know. Like he's consistent, but I, I don't think he wins a league. So the other question I have here is – if Nick was trying to target a third baseman, Jose Ramirez fell down the and draft that's, board. That's another really good point. This is before Jose Ramirez even had any injury talk, right? You know, this is before anything happened. And I think Nick, at least in this draft, let his Yankee bias get a little bit in the way because every Yankee fan hates Jose Ramirez. This guy's always coming up with a wad of tobacco in his mouth. He's got that <laughs> smug look on his face. It's annoying. It's annoying as a Yankee fan. And then he this was talking new to me. He was talking shit when when the Yankees were going to play the Indians in the playoffs. He was talking shit. With so. a mouthful of tobacco. With a ma- and you just <laughs> to be fair, you probably could understand him. You know like, that face that I'm talking about. If you've ever watched Jose Ramirez play, you know the face I'm talking now about. You're also a big Jose Ramirez fan. Yeah, yeah. Most, in terms most, of most, fantasy, in terms of watching baseball, I can't stand the guy. Most you know? drafts, I would think, especially with the, com- the the competitiveness that we have, most drafts he's gone already. Oh, 100%. 100%. All right, so let's group this into the next pick. Frankie Who's comes that? up, decides yeah. to take Alex Bregman over again, Jose Ramirez. So, so talk about your thought process. So that did surprise me, and I did have a moment of, I won't call it panic, but I was definitely shifting viewpoints to the point where I was so confident I was going to say within that minute one or the other but I went into this draft knowing my slot and pretty confident regardless of how the draft was shaping up up to me that I was going to that Bregman was going to be available so I think it's a lot of the reasons that Lewis just said which is the shortstop eligibility is huge 
Um, and I tried to back that up later in the draft by going for two people that I thought were pretty interesting at third base in Guerrero Jr. and Devers. Um, but with Bregman, I think, yeah, I mean, third base is just so deep, as, as evident by being able to get somebody like Devers later on in the draft. So I think a lot for me, I like I like drafting lately hitters first. Like, that's been, that's been my style. I mean, it could always change next year, but um, I like just locking it in with somebody that I think could be like a 600-point hitter. And last year I drafted Arenado. I was pretty high on him. Um, I forget how it ended up for him, where he placed in the final standings of everything. But I feel like I didn't get the excitement that I had with Mookie, and I feel like Bregman is um, a position player who just has that kind of excitement. So this is three years in a row now you've drafted a hitter in the first round. So you went Mookie, Arenado, and now Bregman. Yeah. Past two years, extremely successful. So this is also to a point of saying, right, all this trend we've been seeing about pitching heavy early, pitching in the first round, pitching in the second round, there are multiple ways to win this league. 100 You don't have to go pitching 100%. early. I think you just have to pay attention to tiers and group the tiers and see where you want to, you know, cap yourself off. Like, there's a first base tier of the top three first basemen, then it falls off. Do you care about getting one of those first basemen? There's a pitching tier of maybe, I don't know, 12 of them who you can really rely on. And then after that, it falls off. So you just have to prioritize and see what you want. Um, I also think that with what you were saying with Bregman and Mookie Betts being more exciting than Arenado, I think maybe some of that has to do with us knowing what Arenado's done because he's kind of, you know, matched his production year to year, which is great production. But maybe his ceiling is a little lower than guys like Mookie and Bregman, who, I mean, Bregman is a dark horse MVP candidate, you know, in the preseason at least. So Right, and that, that to me makes me think that, like, people that are in auto, like, at least this year now, based on what happened last year, I think he's he's overranked going into into this year, just based on thinking about all those factors and, like, the value you can get even in a first round pick. Like, I don't know if that's an oxymoron that, but like just to be able to try to shape the rest of how your team is going to go with that first pick. Anyone with a skill set like Bregman who takes a walk, doesn't strike out, puts the bat on ball. All you need is a little bit of good Babbitt luck. And all of a sudden you're staring a 650 point season in the face. Yeah. So I, I think that the upside potential is there. Whereas Arenado strikes out more, has maybe a little bit more power, doesn't have the speed. Bregman, the upside potential is there. I think that may be why you feel a little bit more excited about him. Right, and it's funny because, as, as I believe both of you know, like last year I wasn't high on him at all. I, I remember him coming up, and of course like plenty of players like take a bit getting used to the big leagues and everything. He, was definitely, had, he definitely had the hype behind him when he was called up, um, but just something going into last year made me think that he was just going to end up being like as funny as it sounds, like in that like Tyler White category of like player or something, just to name another Astros player, but just like uh, I didn't think he was going to be the player that he is. But just everything that I've seen, just from not just like his his performance, but just like his attitude generally, and like what they they say about him, like he's really cocky. Like he's and you like that in in, in sports. You like someone who's who's confident. You like like a Verlander or something, and has and can back it up. So all that kind of factored into just. Me being like, you know what, it's okay. Don't need Jose Ramirez at this point. Love him, but I just tried to stick with my gut there. 
and just what and not like waver from what yeah, I think that's my good. strategy was. I think I think it's good that you you came in, you knew who you wanted, and you went for the guy. Right. Also a great ambassador to the game. Right. He talks a lot to Pitching Ninja on Twitter. He does a lot of good work with the Flat Grounds app. He fights with Trevor Sharon Bauer. Bauer yeah. He fights with Trevor Bauer. Does so he he's, really? He's the good yeah, guy. Then he Trevor is. Bauer's yeah, then he's evil. definitely the good guy. So we'll move on to the next pick. We got Lewis here. Yeah, so I, I took Garrett Cole. I took Garrett Cole. Um, I came into this draft. Um, I got to choose between the 7, the 10, and the 11 slot. And honestly, a lot of my decision-making process came down to do with me wanting Trevor Bauer and thinking that I had a better chance of getting Trevor Bauer if I picked behind Frankie than in front of Frankie because you got to know your competition. Yeah. And so I went behind him. Um, yeah, you did. There was the chance that he took Bauer in the first. And then what did he do? <laughs> he was behind me. <laughs> he held me down. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went with, <laughs> I went with Cole. Um, I don't know. I, I was sitting there and like, I love Jose Ramirez as a fantasy player, but I don't know. I just didn't want to deviate from my plan. Cause I feel like I'm most satisfied when I have my plan in the beginning and I, I finished the draft as close to it as possible. So we all end up with an Astro in the first round. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. They're a good team. How close were you to taking a different pitcher? Was it, or is, for your perspective, was Cole the best one left on the board by a long shot? Um, so I think that these pitchers in this tier are comparable, right? Like I can't tell you for sure that Cole is going to be better than Nola, Bauer, Carrasco. Like I can't – but – I like Cole's underlying stats a lot last year. There's a lot of talk that um, even though he had a worse second half, he actually pitched better and got unluckier. And he's an Astro. He's got a good club behind him. So I like a lot with Garrett Cole, strikeout upside. Um, I like Bauer, too. I really wanted those two guys. Um, But I just figured if I took Bauer here, then Cole had a way better chance of getting taken by Eric or Daniel, whereas Bauer was just ranked lower. Yeah, again, knowing the other people... Who are knowing the people who are drafting behind you yeah. and uh, then in front of you, like it's 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 knowing your competition. So just I think thinking that way was really smart because you got to have both of them. Because at that point, if I were you, that was the two people I'd be wavering between myself. So right, um, and you were able to get both of them because you you thought about the landscape in the draft. Yeah, I honestly think if I take Bauer with this first round pick, I don't get Cole. Yeah, which would have been okay because I'm I also into Carrasco and Nola this year, but um, I don't know. I would have definitely had a sour taste in my mouth. I, I think I like, I don't know who I like between Carrasco and Nola more. The numbers say Carrasco, you know, but you trust Nola. But Nola has the... It's hard. But I think that, risk I think if I took Bauer here and I didn't get Cole, I would have felt a little sour. And it could have messed me up throughout the rest of the draft. So, you know, I want Cole here. Both of those guys are not just, you know, like exceptional in their ability, but just like sturdy and how, and and just, you feel kind of safe picking them, you know, as I jinx both of them right now, but, um, (laughs) like Trevor Bauer, like, like Garrett Cole was, was healthy pretty much all season, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 And, and Bauer. All right. So let's stop talking about his health. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's healthy. He's a good guy. Bauer's only injury that probably prevented him from getting the Cy Young or at least being like one of the top contenders was just getting hit by a freak. Bus. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm driven by Alex Bregman. <laughs> so I'm also I'm curious about the psychology of how these picks work, right? Because I know there are some people in this draft, Eric, who his philosophy is I'm not gonna buy anyone more expensive than I need to. Right. Right. If I got Juan Soto off the waiver wires right, last right. year and now I have to pay a fourth round pick for him, I'm not gonna do it. Now you a couple years ago 
you drafted Garrett Cole when he was a pirate. I did. You I also did drafted that. Sonny Gray. I when did. He was an A. They both sucked. Had horrible years. It's I think horrendous. you took them in the third and fourth rounds. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Had horrible years. It was bad. It was a bad time. Now you're going back to Garrett Cole mm-hmm. in the first round. Is yeah. there any sort of hesitation there that says, "Hey, this didn't work out last time"? I think if I didn't learn about the advanced metrics, um, then yeah, there would have been like. Up until last year, I just, you know, would, I was that asshole who was like, oh, I trust my gut. I'm going to do a gut pick with everything. And, you know, like sometimes your gut works out just because you generally know baseball. You pay attention and you can tell who you want on your team throughout the season. So you'll remember. But, like, overall, if you don't trust the advanced metrics at all, you're just at a disadvantage in the new meta, you know? So Garrett Cole's advanced metrics are ridiculous. So I don't know. I feel like going to to the Astros kind of changed him a little, made him a little more consistent. But I do get where you're coming from. It's with, with Eric's philosophy, I feel like it's correct in some ways, right? Like Walker Bueller was very expensive this year. I had him last year. He was great. So there's hesitation, I guess, to pay, you know, a first round pick for a guy you picked up off waivers. But at the same time, if you believe the guy's going to be really good, like, I don't know, Eric didn't take Snell. Right? If Eric liked Snell more than Carrasco, then you know that's a bad pick. If he liked Carrasco more than Snell, that's fine. But if that's getting in the way of him assessing value, then that's that's dumb. Yeah. I also think the good point here is remember a couple of years ago how every time a pitcher went to the Pirates, they instantly became interesting. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have that same thing now with the Astros. Yep. Everyone who goes there seems to do well. It is. I think it is who went there recently? Wade Miley. Yeah. Is yeah. someone you who can up later. Yeah. Yeah. So team to look out look out about. Um, Eric with the next pick. Finally, Jose Ramirez gets taken off the board. And yeah. there's the value we're, we're talking That's about. That's immense value, yeah. Yeah. That I don't is. think any of us can argue with that, Not except yet. when he crumbled into a ball the very next day. I showed him the video. He looked a little horrified, especially after everything that happened during the draft with Matt Olson. Yeah. Also, I think the tweet that either you or maybe Daniel put that up somewhere in somewhere we were talking, it, it was the person who wrote the tweet seemed to not be trolling in any way just genuinely was going jose ramirez might have broken his leg oh yeah yeah, was, yeah. but yeah. it ended up being more anticlimactic than yeah than I mean, he got stretched off right right like, right that i would have been terrified it's... if i had him yeah it would have been bad news yeah would've but it quit it, the league right there it worked out so far right like he's gonna probably start opening day yeah so. it seems like it so eric dodges a bullet there but i don't think that any of us can argue with the value that he got there definitely not I mean, who else, if you're looking at hitters, can you take there? I think the top one on the board was like a J.D. Martinez. Yeah, I yeah, think, I think it's has to take Jose Ramirez here because there's enough good pitchers to choose from still. Yeah. And there's not any other hitter of Jose Ramirez's caliber on the board. He's also looking at Daniel and saying, all right, I'm okay with Daniel taking these two pitchers. Exactly. And then I get one of the remaining exactly. ones. But I don't know if you would project Daniel to do it. Maybe he goes one and one, which is what he ended up doing. Right. So Daniel... Goes first round, Aaron Judge. Yep. Surprising? I mean, like, Daniel's a Yankee homer, so not super shocking. I think that he had to take him here if he wanted him. So, he liked him. He wants Judge on his team, so that's why he took him. I think he should have taken Nola first and then Judge second. (laughs) That's part of the problem of being on the turn, right? Is that if you want someone, you have have to then go and get them. Because you can't guarantee they're going to be back. And there wasn't a guarantee Judge was going to fall to him. I was talking to Nick Miller. Nick Miller said, hey, I was thinking that's about true. taking yeah, Judge. That's, true. that's true. It's pretty crazy because Judge is not ranked that high on ESPN, which is nice to know that we're not ranking slaves. 
Um, or are we just homers of our own favorite teams? I don't know. I do think Judge is going to have a good year. It's just strikeouts are always going to make him a little less appealing in a, uh, a points league. He's got to really, he's got to really produce. You know, it definitely caps his ceiling a bit where he's striking out thirty yeah. percent of the time. But then again, he's young, so he could take a step forward and cut down his strikeouts a bit. It's you know? possible. I, I think it was definitely a reach, but a reach that Daniel had to do if he wanted Judge on his team. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. I think he feels like it's AL MVP for Judge, and that's what he needed to do. Yeah, because again, thinking, I don't know how much he he you know necessarily put put this into the equation, but again, just thinking about who the rest of the people in the league, like Judge was probably not going to make it. Oh, there's no then, way Judge makes him back in the third. There's no chance no. that Judge is there in the third, which is, I mean. So that's why. He, he did the right thing if you want to judge. Um, all right. So I feel like we've talked a good amount about the first round. Um, you guys want to go through maybe some of your favorite picks? Your yeah, I think we should picks? do a, a lightning round. I'm not going through all 23. On every, rounds. <laughs> on every team. Yeah. Say, first we'll do favorite pick, and then we'll do yeah, yeah, least yeah. favorite yeah, pick on every team. Okay. We'll do one or two cool. sentences about why. All right. So let's, one or two let's start. Well, let's go backwards. Yeah. Let's, let's start with Daniel okay. this time. All right, that's that's good. Um, I'll pull it up online. So change his team name to the St. Mark's Sly Sleepers. Yeah. So let's talk that's a little bit about that. That's my favorite pick right there. Oh, Frankie. I feel like the name has a ton of potential, and I've talked to Daniel about this. I feel like when you say the St. Mark's Sleepers, it sounds cool. You know, it's nice, it's short, it's an alliteration. But when you say the St. Mark's Sly Sleepers, it just sounds whack. You know, it's like, <laughs> is it, there it's any adding? To, it's adding that extra syllable that it, just it, it it's just, like you have to say with your, your the flow of your of you speaking. Yeah, like it just it's it's weird. Is there any relation to St. Mark's that he has, or um, I mean, you maybe got a grinder there. Yeah, probably, probably that. <laughs> All right, so out of Daniel's team, what was your favorite pick? And tell me one sentence why. Um. All right. Um, let's see. I think my favorite pick from Daniel is Eduardo Escobar in the 16th round. Okay. I think Eduardo Escobar is undervalued in a points league, um, and he has shortstop eligibility. So I know that when I was drafting, there's definitely a nice tier of startable, like confidently startable shortstops. After the Segura Seeger group, the next guy I would have targeted was Eduardo Escobar. So I think where he got him was great value. I'm going to go ahead and say it's Fernando Tatis Jr. Daniel got him in the 24th round between Mike Zanino and Ryan Brazier. I think that Tatis is the name that stands out there. It's great value, especially when we learned today Tatis made the opening day roster. Yeah, what's he, yeah. the second rank? prospect in, in yeah, I feel like every they, time I see one of those like articles about a prospect like they're always like just changing the ranking or something like I think I've seen 18 different guys who've been the number two yeah, ranked yeah. prospect well, do you know who they treated to get Tatis Jr.? no I'm pretty sure he was in the James Shields trade to the Chicago White Sox really? wow I think he's the return piece they got back. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it was Tatis. Interesting. Jr. Frankie, what's your favorite pick? White Sox really had a crazy They could have had. They had Eloy and... Uh, and Makata, too. I know yeah. he hasn't been phenomenal in, in the major leagues so far. Frankie, who's your favorite pick? Um, I was looking at the Tatis. I think the, the Freeland, Freeland pick. I think he... I think considering the season he had last year, I think he went... He was undervalued, like, by... 
people during this draft. Um, um, I think that, you know, the, the Coors thing is, of course, scary for any pitcher, but Coors, but the Rockies have just kind of, like, built themselves a, a great staff over the past, you know, two years, and they got good young guys like Marquez, and it just seems to be like, you know, we're at a point now where we shouldn't necessarily even be, like, worrying about the Coors thing anymore because it's just the strength of these these pitchers. And so, obviously, they, they're going to have the run support, um, these pitchers, but I think Freeland just, um, he, he's like a, like a, just a solid pick at that point where I think that, um, to say that he got him as his one, two, three, four, his fifth pitcher, like, I think he could easily be, you know, he, he could provide SP3 value. So that's my argument for that. Lewis, who's your least favorite pick for the sleepers? Um, so it's, Gotta be one of Baez and Stanton. I told him this during the draft. I think both of those guys were a little overrated. Um, I think Stanton will have the better year, but he locked up a second outfielder with that pick, which I think limits people based on how Mike uh, Galembo drafted last year. Um, yeah, it's very very weird to go with the judge and then go... Yeah, both Yankees. Um, I'm probably going to go with Stanton out of both of them for those reasons, yeah. So I'm going to say the worst pick here was John Lester. I think Daniel sort of let his Cubs fandom get in the way. While the Lester numbers may have looked okay on the surface last year, if you really take a deep look into the underlying, he's regressed a significant amount compared to where he was three or four years ago. Yeah, that's fair. How about you? What time was Scooter Jeanette hurt? Because he was hurt on the day of the... That's interesting. Draft. I don't know. Um, I'm sure it was then after pick that. Mike Fulton-Nevich because sure he was hurt before that. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I, I'm especially, like, I feel like going back to what I said about how I liked the Freeland pick, I feel like that that was, like, a backup because of, like, not because of, but, like, I think it's, like, saving the Fulton, however you say his name, Mike Fulton-Nevich pick. Um, I feel like Cockrow pronounced his name correctly. The only one ancestral. I'm not a fan. Of that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not high on that guy. I feel like that guy was waiver wire waiver wire fodder like not too long ago, and hasn't really done much to earn like an SP three you know placement yeah, on I a agree. team. And I feel like he might end up being waiver wire fodder again by the time this season's over. Okay. So let's move on to the once you go black, man, you never go back, Manny. So bad. So, so bad. Not a great team a name. A full sentence for but your team name. What else do we expect? I'm going to say his best pick. I like a lot of what he did in the mid to late rounds. I'm going to say my favorite of all of them was probably the Azurable Cabrera pick at round 20. Moving to Texas in an AL park where the fences, they moved them back a little bit this year, but they're still close. And this guy has position eligibility at third, short, and second. I think he's going to absolutely rake in that park. I think he's a really good pick in round 20. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, my favorite pick from him is probably going to be... Well, I guess it's it's kind of cheap to, to say an early round pick. But um, I think he did really well with his first two rounds. Um, I'll go Carrasco just because I'm impressed that he took Carrasco there because um, it's a reach and he took him over some other players and I do think Carrasco is pretty decently valued there. So, yeah, I'll say Carrasco. Um, 
So I think, like, I like the Puig pick a lot. I think that there were still enough good outfielders out there that it's not the one that stands out for me, but I do think that pick will pay off for him. Um, I like the Jose Leclerc pick a lot. Um, I think that he's going to be a strong, you know, he's a, he's a, he has a lot of hype around him. He's a strong candidate to really be in the top tier, maybe like second tier of closers this year. And I think he saw that pick at a good moment where if you look at how the draft went after that, it kind of signified the end of like a specific, um, not elite, but a strong tier of, of closers where after that you're getting into the Cody Allen, Will Smith, you know, you're getting people dra- drafting people like Batances, like people who aren't, um, or Knievel, people who aren't, you know, necessarily or definitely going to provide the saves for your team. So I think that that was a smart move right there. And I think that Leclerc will either provide like second tier closer value or possibly first tier. Okay. So worst pick, I'm going to take the easy one. I'm going to say Matt Olson. Okay. Yeah. He didn't know that his handmade bone was broken. Yeah, just not Which a... apparently is in your hamstring. And he had surgery on it. Hamstring? That's what Galembo said oh, no. during the draft. It's the hand bone, It's right? the hand. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it saps all your power. Saps all your power yeah. for the rest of the year. Supposedly, he's droppable in some leagues. I don't know if Eric's going to go that way. But yeah. I'm going to take the easy way out. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Charlie Morton. Um, I think that where he took Charlie Morton, there's a decent handful of pitchers I'd rather have. If he wanted to take the safe pitcher, you know, like I took Bieber, uh, Frankie took Darvish. I'd rather have both of those guys. But if he wanted to take a safer pitcher with a higher floor, Kyle Hendricks, I think I'd definitely rather have than uh, Morton. Basically because Morton went to Tampa Bay and he's going to have to face off against the Yankees, the Red Sox, and he's going to have to play in the Blue Jays park a lot. And I'm not sure he's got it in him to, you know, repeat last year. Is Jonathan Villar going to be his second baseman? Or am I missing something in terms of, like, double eligibility? Because um, if that's the case, I don't like that pick at all. I think you're right. Yeah, wow. I did not realize I that. I think that's that's a sore, that's a really, like, a sore spot on his team. But we could be missing missing something. No, but I think you're right. I think Based that on sticks the out. It. Maybe he'll be able to get someone off the waiver wire once other people start popping up, but... He should have taken Cesar Hernandez at some point later then. Like, looking at these other second basemen on the board... I would even take Scope over Villar. Um, So I think that stands out to me. Um, What was the other one I had here? Um, I'm not crazy about the Purcello pick either. I know we shouldn't get two, so I won't talk about it too long, but I think Purcello's just been like a hit machine, not in the way that you... You know, since he won the Cy Young for him that one year, so that's yeah. why he's going back to that. Well, he keeps going back to that. Yeah, everyone um, tends to draft on everyone's best year, and then they only regress from there. So. Yeah, true. We'll see how it plays out this year. So, Lewis, what was your top. favorite pick from your team? Um, my favorite pick from my team is going to be Freddie Freeman. I was shocked I got him in the third round. Um, coming into the draft, I was banking on going pitcher, pitcher, hitter, but I was hoping that that hitter would be you know, in a good tier. I was honestly thinking of like guys like Juan Soto, who you got even later. But when Freeman was there, in my opinion, first base drops off a hell of a lot after Goldie, Freeman, and Rizzo. So the fact that I got Freeman there, like he's not even my least favorite of the three. I'd put him at the second spot behind Goldie. So I was really stoked. Trevor Bauer. No. Um, 
I think, well, to clarify, I was looking at Bauer going into this draft a lot. Um, I think my favorite pick is Michael Brantley. Um, I think Brantley, just the move, makes him, like I was uh, trying to say before but failing, like an exciting player, and that's a lot of times what I'm trying to target when I'm looking in the drafts, and I think that um, just the move to a great team in the Astros, and we all seem to we seem to unanimously, unanimously agree that the Astros are a phenomenal team, um, and just him coming off his, a healthy season for the for the most part, um, and just a, a good season where he just provided a lot of value for him to go through that season and then still be drafted at this point um, to still be to still have this kind of ADP. I think is pretty. Um, Remarkable for people to capitalize that, capitalize on that. So I think you did a good job there. Thanks, man. Thing. Thank you. I'm going to say an old favorite of mine, Daniel Murphy, round five. I think round five is a lot of time where you start to see hitters clog up the top of the screen. You'll mm-hmm. see the Starling Marte stay there for a while. Right. You'll see a lot of outfielders tend to stay there. So to have the foresight to reach and take the hitter you want who may not be there for your next pick, I think Daniel Murphy was a great pick. He's someone who walks, doesn't strike out, and he's now in Colorado. Thanks. You can't beat it. Hopefully. Who was your least favorite pick of your own? Um, do you have any? You can pass. Honestly, I I really do well, we're gonna call Daniel like this what point. I did. <laughs> um, but, of course, you got to have a least favorite pick. And looking over it, I'm going to have to just assess on value. Um, I think maybe some of these later pitchers maybe I reached a little bit on. Like maybe, maybe Anibal Sanchez went a bit early. I took him over. Eh, you know, honestly, he's not. He's not even that bad of a pick. So you don't have a least favorite pick. That's fine because I do. <laughs> and I think you took Kenley Jansen way too early. I hard disagree with you. As on that. someone who typically doesn't take closers, preaches I can wait till the end, but to take a closer, I don't say just wait till the end. I say you can't take him early. But I think well, that you took him early after round ten. I'm fine taking him. I also don't think he was the best closer left on the board by the time you took him. I think we saw him take a step back last year. Okay. Granted, he's been dominant the years before that. He has an enlarged heart. He's he got can't, a big heart, He dude. can't pitch in cores. He's a big heart. He can't pitch in cores because of the heart. This guy's the Grinch. I feel like it was <laughs> a little end. bit of a reach to go Kenley, especially looking at all the other relievers that were on the board. So, to clarify, we had Doolittle on the board. We had, I disagree. We had Vasquez on the board. We had Brad Hand on the board. Kirby Yates, I think those four would, not commonly, but just I think would be candidates for a debate, like for going before. I guess. I don't know about Hayter, I don't know about Robertson. or Who do you think I should have taken instead there? I don't know about a player, but maybe just not a reliever. I think maybe you could have waited on a reliever, got someone comparable a little bit later. Just my two cents. Take it or leave it. (laughs) I'm leaving it. Take it or leave it, partner. I'm leaving that shit. I'm not mad at the the, Jen, the Jensen pick. Um, well, say who you are mad at. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, let's see. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not huge on the Joe Musgrove pick. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that he's just gone so he he's been in kind of like a murky area in, in baseball. Are you, were you going to turn Joe Musgrove? Recently? Oh yeah, <laughs> I knew I, I saw your head perk up. Um, so. I think that his his role in all of this is still to be determined. Where I I think he'll be, you know, he'll provide some sort of value to to a team always. But 
um, as long as he's pitching. But I think that he probably went too early here. Okay. Um, That's fair. I think that there were some other more interesting candidates who I think I'd feel more confident that they'll just have a starting role and just be able to provide the same, if not much more, um, of that of the value that that his upside um, would. I will say that Musgrove was the pitcher I liked the most here out of all of them. Well, that's why you took him. Yeah, yeah. I'd hope he would be. <laughs> well, sometimes you panic, right? Sometimes you, you know. And take you say Kikuchi. All right, so let's talk about the brawlers. Let's talk about them. They're the next. So, Frankie, who was your favorite pick that you took? All right, so let's see. Excluding Mitch Hanniger, because I feel like there's a lot of bias there. Um, I think this is pretty early, but I was pretty happy that Acuna fell to me um, in the third round. Um, and I'm, and I say that I say fell to me, but we could you know we could see if uh, we're all in agreement here. But I think just you know rankings aside, because again we don't want to um, be caught in just looking at the rankings. Like a lot of a lot of publications, a lot of rankings love him. Think he's like a top ten player in general. Um, so if he matches up with what a lot of people are kind of hoping for him, then this could be. Um, and that could be like my big my big steal of the draft, even if if it's in the third round. But um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about him. I think that he is going to be, you know, one of those next big stars if he isn't already. So I'm excited to be able to um, lock in, you know, my top outfielder right there, most likely. So I, I feel pretty good about that. I'm gonna say I think it was criminal that we all let Vlad Guerrero Jr. fall the 11th round. Looking that he went five picks after Matt Chapman, who Matt Chapman's good, but no one ever said Matt Chapman is going to be the next face of the generation. If Vlad Guerrero Jr. ends up coming back from this oblique strain and he is what everyone projected him to be, that's going to be an absolute steal. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite pick of yours is going to be Wilson Ramos. Um, I think he's the third best catcher this year, and you got him in the 15th after some other catchers went. So I think you, you did really well there. Least favorite. Least favorite. Um, I feel like someone's going to pick the Severino, but um, for me, the one moment of panic that I had was um, with Yusei Kikuchi, but I'll see if... <laughs> that name is always funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy with, as, as you would hope you are, with most of my picks, um, but I think the, the Yusei Kikuchi one was just me trying to fill... Um, me trying to, to convince myself that I had to take a pitcher here when I could have easily just gone for some sort of, you know, hitter with value. I could have gone, which way was this going? Could I have gotten Conforto there or was it McCutcheon? Was it Cutch right after? Um, I wish we could tell. No, um, it was going right to left. So Cutch went before Kukuchi. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, just long story short. Yeah. I, I think that I just was trying to convince myself that I needed a pitcher right there. And there was no one in that tier that I was too excited about between him, Ray, Pavetta, Ray. Um, so I think that I just kind of, uh, you know, I could have thrown my, my, my extra 60-second button there and kind of reassessed the situation. So I went there, and then obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and now we're getting 
more information about his role in the team when he was kind of a question mark to begin with. So it was a risky pick, and then now it seems to be leaning toward more the... But this is a retroactive regret, of course, but um, more toward um, the negative side of things with just his innings and all that stuff. So yeah. I'll I'll probably just piggyback off of that because I think Kikuchi was probably your weakest pick um, in hindsight. Um, I think that he's he's good if you want to take a gamble, but I think at that point you already had a couple pitchers you were going to gamble with. Um, so I think what you needed there was more of a high floor guy than a, a high ceiling guy. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say uh, I'll say Severino. I think the the question marks surrounding his injury are enough for me, and I I actually really liked him coming into this year before he got hurt. Question marks do send me a warning signal. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you could have gotten him around later or two. Someone, look, he's a Yankee, so someone probably would have jumped on him. Um, but I, I don't know exactly when he's going to come back. They're saying now May. Originally it was not supposed to be too serious. But could end up being a great pick if you end up making playoffs and he ends up being fine. But uh, there's a lot of question marks around the injury as someone who's drafted plenty of hurt people <laughs> before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, this... Uh... This is a, a moment where I feel like I was trying to, you know, set a set a rhythm for myself, and and to me, you know, I'm high on him as well when he's healthy. Um, and I thought that kind of, he was still kind of he would signify the end of the the string of pitchers that had just gone that just ended with Granky. Um, a lot of people love Tyon this year. Um, I like him a lot too, but I think that he's just being sort of Blown out, proportion, blown out of proportion a little bit going into this year and that he hasn't really had that year to justify that placement, but people are kind of acting like he already did. Um, so I think that, and then there's, you know, Strasburg after another injury risk, even if he's healthy right now. So for me, um, in general, with things like him and Vlad, Vlad Jr., um, and a few other picks in my draft, I kind of just went for the long run, where I think I've tried to start off hot in the past. And I know there's, of course, benefits to having a decent record going first, but I think of like seasons that you've had, Justin, where you've started off pretty terribly and then ended up in the finals. Nice and man. <laughs> so, you know, and you try to convince us that it's a lot. It's a lost season for you, and then you just make the right moves. So, as we know, the draft is only one part of this whole thing. So. Um, yeah, so that was kind of a factor in that pick, just me thinking, well, May isn't that far away. So, And, if, and of course, there's still more risk with him. But if all goes according to plan, I'm happy with that pick. So let's talk about Nick Miller. My favorite pick of his was Ryan Braun in the 19th, 18th round. I think that that guy, maybe not an everyday player anymore, but when he does play, he's still putting up the solid numbers. And so if Nick can pair him, since we have plenty of bench slots with another outfielder who does play every day, he can selectively choose when to play Braun, and get those three points, three and a half points, four points that Braun will tend to average on the days he does play. Okay. I'm going to go with Herman Marquez because at this point Nick had no starting pitching and he needed to go big or go home. And I think Herman Marquez is literally that, right? Like if Herman Marquez yeah. does amazing, he's, you know, he could potentially be a top 10 pitcher, maybe even better. So I think he had to take him compared to, you know, what he had on the rest of his team at that point. Let me see. Um, I like the Braun pick a lot too. Um, I'm gonna say D. Gordon. Um, I like I like that pick there. I think 
you know, especially at that point when you're assessing your team's needs and stuff. I think it's the, the inverse of um, how I feel about, if, if this is right, the, the Valar pick for Eric, where I think he just saw that there weren't, you know, too many options left and that D. Gordon is still someone who's, you know, a pretty talented player and can provide points in a number of ways and with the steals in a way that um, a lot of other players, especially at that point, can, can't. So, um, so yeah, I'm a fan of that pick right there. Least favorite, I'm personally going to go with Marcus Stroman in the ninth round. I think Nick kind of put himself a little bit behind in starting pitching, so this may have been more of a situation of his circumstance where he didn't have enough pitchers. He thought he needed to go. I think he can wait a little bit, not take Stroman, who ends up having a bad infield defense behind him, plays on the turf, tends to give up a lot of hits, doesn't strike people out, and still wait and get someone who's comparable maybe five to six rounds later. Okay. Um. So... I'll leave the easy one for you. Um, I'm going to go with Keuchel because I think that Nick went into this pick hoping that, you know, Keuchel gets signed immediately, is ready to pitch, comes back, and is, you know, the Dallas Keuchel of old. Um, I think that's a lot of ifs. And at this point, if you wanted a safe guy, you know, you got a Marco Gonzalez, a Hyunjin Ryu, a Jeff Samarja, like, you know, boring guys, but, you know, high floors, and I think that's kind of what he was going for in the Keuchel pick. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Keuchel. I mean, I, I think it was funny when, when Nick drafted all of his relief pitchers and then twice tried to draft um, an RPSB <laughs> yeah, that was and interesting. then it was thwarted. I think we had the sticker on the board already yeah. for one of them. Um, I mean, we, we're, all, we're all thinking, you know, question mark about the Edwin Diaz pick in the, in the fourth round. It didn't inspire a rush and there was just a lot of value still to be had in you know basically a lot of arguably elite players still on the board and just thinking about your competition about the landscape could have still set that that Diaz pick up for himself. Um yeah, he definitely. Waited a few rounds and that to me just makes like the Chapman pick a little more confusing there i don't know about you guys but just well he kind of let me make that pick for him which i felt really bad about because he asked me to pick one or two and i picked one and then immediately wanted to pick two when i I saw he was taking out the relief pitcher stickers um so yeah i mean if 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 we can all default and put our hand on the edwin diaz button together and then i can just say like something else that made a question mark i wasn't a huge fan of the carlos martinez pick um i feel like Again, trying to think what direction this is going. This is going. Um, Odd okay. goes left so, right. Do we have the numbers here? Yeah, oh, wow. I can't side. see the numbers on my. Oh, well. Um, so Weaver was after yeah. Carlos Martinez. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, if if the shark, if, if Jeff Samarja was still there, then I would say that I, did, I like that pick a lot less. But I think just his his role is so up in the air where I think that. It's a weird. It's a weird choice for someone who's primarily SP, not you know, yeah. not an RPS. He was definitely shooting for upside at this point. But right. It's just hard because these guys look like they might pitch in the bullpen. So. All right. Why don't you guys jerk me off for a little bit? All right. Well, you have to start yourself, right? Like. Do I have to start myself? That's right. what we did. All right. So I'll say my favorite pick of my own was when I took Tommy Pham in the fourteenth round. I had Pham ranked pretty high. I know a lot of people are. 
skeptical of taking outfield. When I move Reese to first base 10 games into the season, Pham's going to be in my starting outfield. I think he's going to have a great year. He proved that when he moved to Tampa, he got traded from St. Louis to Tampa. Injury history got put behind him. He was able to see the ball a little bit better. He does have some eye issues. Um, and I think that he'll be able to continue to build on the success he had in the second half of last year, pick up right where he left off in Tampa, and could end up being a top 15 to 20 outfielder. Okay. How about you? You've got a other. Um, wavering between a, a couple, but I'm just thinking, because part of me wanted to save Juan Soto, but I feel like now, like if I thought a little bit I mean, more about... I know, but if I thought a bit, little bit about more about mine, just like with those with those first, you know, few rounds or something, if we're going to say, like, the first five rounds are really those, like, early rounds, then, um, like, it's it's great to notice value and to capitalize on that, but, like, I feel like Soto um, just fell so far. I was trying to let you guys have the easy ones. That it's not, that it's not like, me necessarily, like, I feel like it's common sense at that point to get, to get Soto, yeah, so I feel like... Everyone you, else did. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like... That's why it's it's good on your end that you you realize that and capitalize on that. But I feel like you know you're you're a pretty savvy uh, fantasy player, so I feel like there are other picks in this that I would want to highlight more than that. All right, so let's so, go. Um, I think that well, give me one second. You you can pick yours. All right, um, I'm gonna go with Moose because. Um, He's going to play second base this year, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. I know he we had uh, spoken about it a little bit before the season, so I'm hoping that was your reasoning for taking him here. But, uh, yeah, I think Moustakis is just going to be, like, one of the top second basemen because, you know, nobody realizes he's going to hit 30 home runs and, I don't know, what, like 280? It's pretty great, you know, in a points league especially. He never strikes out. So, yeah, Moustakis, I think, pretty easy for me. I think for me it's it's Molina. It's it's Yadi Molina. I mean I think he's just as solid, you know, a player as you can get and he's a freaking catcher. So I think that um getting him right there, you know, it, you could see that it followed it started a bit of a trend where people started getting the rest of the people. catchers who were liable including <laughs> Emphasis yeah. on people. Yeah. <laughs> the three of us. Yeah. Um but I think just looking at his stats just over the course of, you know, the past few years, he's he's just, he's like a Verlander-type character where he's getting older and older, but it, he doesn't seem to slow down and just be able to put up great numbers for you. And just, you could feel so confident putting him in that slot and drafting him. Whereas, like, I feel like Ramos is just, like, isn't he just two years away from just, like, not having, like, two great a season like he just like lit up offensively like last season so now I think there's still question marks between like above everybody after Yadi Molina where he's like easily the safest pick at that moment for me so my least favorite pick that I took myself was John Gray in the eighth round and now I'm a John Gray lover I'm a John Gray apologist so it's tough for me to quit the drug that is John Gray. As funny as it sounds, he's so inconsistent that I know what I'm going to get, and it's inconsistency from him. I'm able to then plan around it. To be fair, if Rich Hill wasn't hurt, I would have taken him there instead. But John Gray being my third pitcher that I took, 
Definitely wasn't the plan coming into the draft. It just so happened I got enamored by his good looks and great spring. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go with one of my favorite loves of last year, uh, Josh Hader. Um, he wasn't the closer, and or if he is the closer, I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, and I had him last year, and he was amazing in, in the beginning <laughs> when he was the closer. He got so many points in such a short period of time. And then it was really frustrating owning him because he would pitch like two and a half innings once every like eight days. And it was kind of frustrating at times. So I don't know how they're going to use him this year, but I probably just would have went with one of the closers that were on the board. I'm going to say Rich Hill because I don't know why you would want to put yourself through that again. Um, Just with having someone at that point who's just so up in the air where, you know, you have – you had John Gray go right before him, and you know you're saying that's your your least favorite pick right there. So you needed, you know, you you and I think Syndergaard has a load of question marks behind him too, just you know with injuries and things like that. So to follow up your SP two, you know, with an SP four who's got you know possibly the craziest injury history, um, in terms of you know maybe out of anybody on this board in terms um, of dicks for fingers, yeah, at the very least. So. I think that it's just going to be a lot of headaches when you could have, you know, went for somebody that, you know, you 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 haven't had before and who maybe could provide, you know, a little bit of a safer sort of, uh, you know, just more stability throughout the season. So, I don't know. He might fail you. He might come through for you at the right times. He might, you know, fail you in times that... It's hard for him to put him in. Yeah. He just can't. If you look at his team, like I mean, you you love the same players year after year, so I'm not surprised you took him. Yeah. Well, yeah, this was the if most Justin draft. Yeah, of all Justin drafts. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to uh, Hogs. So let's see, let's see. Favorite pick that you took? Oh, easy, Robbie Cano. Another value value pick. Like I think they underranked Robbie Cano this year. He was really really great last year when he played, and then he just had that weird injury and PED suspension, but then he came back and he was still good. So I think they ranked him too low. He got taken after guys like Odor, Glaber. I, I, I like him better than them, at least. And, like, Glaber went in the sixth, so I think he got great value. I'm going to say Eloy Jimenez. Oh, he stole him. Stole him. Uh, they're talking about this guy like he is Vlad Jr., just in the outfield. And he signed a long-term deal, so he's going to start the year in the majors. He doesn't have that service time nonsense that goes on with Vladdy. And he went four rounds. One, yeah, he went yeah, four, he rounds, went four later, rounds later than Guerrero, and and Guerrero went late. So I think a lot of these rookies end up falling. Right. Yeah. And unlike a lot of them too, like he he's re- he's playing now. He's gonna he's ready to go, and he's finally healthy, not, ready to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably not going to miss a beat. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, right. he, so we agree on that one. Yeah, Lewis, but, who's your least favorite? Um, well, before that, I also just want to note that Glasnow is on so many people's sleepers, like sleeper lists this year, and he went in the twentieth, which is pretty crazy because we're a league that obsesses over pitching, and like some sites have Glasnow in their top fifty for the year, and he went in the twentieth round. So that's another I and think, the RPS good value. Yeah, value just to point out, I think I like I like the Derek Rodriguez pick um, too. I mean, I think. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of doubt. I think for him, um, considering he had sort of an unreal 
and a second half. But was it? <laughs> Uh, all right, so, so um, least favorite pick, gonna oh. <laughs> gonna have to go with. I'm gonna go with Kyle Gibson. I hate Kyle Gibson. I think he's whack. And then I, I picked him up last year, and he sucked. And he was only ever good when Justin had him. He's so I, good. I don't know. I, I so fucking good. hate Kyle Gibson. Yeah. I'm gonna say my least favorite pick was Jack Flaherty. I know a lot of people hype him up. I think in the second round it was a reach. Again, we talk about if you want him, you're going to have to take him there. I personally think he's even a little bit hyped too much in the fourth round. He had a lot of bad luck. His strikeouts really surged last year after not being really a strikeout pitcher in the minors. We'll see if it works out for him, bro. Yeah, we'll see. Franz? I think I'm leaning toward Cody Ballinger with this one. I mean, the first base eligibility makes him, you know, like not not so bad a pick there, because um, if he you know his 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 ceiling is is pretty is pretty high up there. But well, he does strike out a lot. But he's yeah. So I think that to me is a huge detractor for him, and I feel like he had a pretty disappointing campaign last year. I can tell you, he um, did firsthand. Yeah. So I think that sticks out to me All right. uh, the most. All right. So moving on to Mannheim. Um, so for favorite picks, I'm going to go with, let me just look. I'll give you mine. Yeah, go for it. I think that Chad Green was an absolute steal in the 23rd round. Oh, baby. Tell me I, I was I was going to take him, and Jeremy snubbed him from me. Yeah. Just took him right from my clammy hands. <laughs> he He's so good, and you don't. Our league does enough where you don't need to be a closer in order to be serviceable. I think that Green is one of those pitchers who strikes out a ton, doesn't walk anyone. He's not going to kill him. He's going to get him a bunch of positive points and not get him any massive negatives. I think that's extremely needed on a team. Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. I'll go with uh, Chris Bryant just because I think he got him. Last year he got him in the second, right? And this year he got him in the fourth. And Chris Bryant's been great every year except for last year, and he was hurt last year. So I think there's decent upside there with him bouncing back. You know, I say this as the guy as a guy who took this person, you know, near the end of the draft and just got a, a pretty pretty good amount of value on him. But I like the Miles Michaelis pick still. I think that he's really solid. Yes, he has just like one um, season under his belt in terms of this you know error of his career. But I think that he was legit last year. I think he he proved that he can you know be a pretty safe option for your team. I like him more as like the highest of sp3s but um i think that he was you know gotten at a, at a good moment there based on how he performed last year and i don't really see a reason why um he'll, he'll let you down this year in terms of not providing that that value around there okay all right so we're up to galumba well least favorite oh we have to do oh, least man, favorite. I, yeah yeah so i'll i'll start off i'll say even though I like this person coming into the year, Andrew Heaney, again, some of these arm issues for pitchers, especially Heaney, who's had some injury history before, tend to scare me away. And I do think he fell a little bit, as did Severino, but still maybe not enough in terms of me getting what I would want to see in value. Right. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. 
I'm going to say Berrios. I'm not a huge Berrios fan, and I am a big Clevenger fan. So I would have just taken Clevenger or Granky um, or Tyone at that point. I think Berrios is a, a lot riskier than those three guys. Um, for me, I'm not a big fan of the... I feel like Starling Marte is never really... Um, I mean, he's he went a lot lower than I guess he has in the past, but still the seventh. But for but that's yeah, still your seventh pick, and still in in this kind of league format, just not um, you know, there's still a ton of better options on on the board. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Starling Marte for that. A kiss from a Rosaria. Oh no! Another classic team name. Favorite pick, Lewis. Do you have one? Um, favorite pick is gonna be, honestly, I like so much of what Galumbo did this year, which, good job to you, Mike. Um, I'll go with Tyone. I think he fell really far, and I think he took him, and I'm happy that he didn't get swayed by the Strasburg, Bumgarner types who were, you know, a little scarier or older, and I think he went for the younger guy. He said it was a very non- Galembo draft, but honestly, I think his team looks pretty nice. So, yeah. I'm going to go a little bit later. I'm going to say I really like what he did with Ahmed Rosario in the 25th. <laughs> he needed him <laughs> for his new witty yeah, team name. a kiss from a Rosario. From what I've heard, the guy's really put on a lot of muscle over the winter, and he's come out, hit well in the spring. A lot of people like him to break out and to get a player like that in the 25th round. Good job. Do you think that that factored into his decision, or do you think that Mike said, I love the Mets, and just took Ahmed Rosario? Both. Both. Word. What about Trevor Williams, Bill Ripken's NL Cy Young pick? <laughs> I think that's my least favorite pick. <laughs> that will be the best pick if he does win the Cy Young. Um, Is that your favorite? No. Uh, I think my favorite for Mike is... Believe it or not, Jose Quintana. Um, I think that um, he's coming off kind of a, a confusing time, I think, over the past two years, you could argue. Um, but he's having a great spring, and I feel like he was a big bounce-back candidate of mine, just looking at the year and people you could, you know, get at a sort of, you know, um, at a good value um, throughout the draft, and I think for that round and that landscape, I like him way more than someone like Arietta or um, Hill or Stroman, just somebody who really has flashed that upside before and has pitched at a very high level, and someone who um, easily, if he stays healthy, could, you know, has the potential to be able to provide that on a good team, too. So I think that could pay off pretty huge, and that could be a pretty um, nice cap on his his rotation there with that starting four if Paxton stays healthy too. Lewis, who's your least favorite? Ozzy Albies. Um, I think he took him ahead of some better second basemen, um, mainly Whit Merrifield and Daniel Murphy. And I don't know. I don't think he needed to take him here. I think there were so many good second basemen that uh, reach for Albies, unless he's like a huge Albies fan, which I don't think he is. I don't think so. Especially being on Atlanta and him being a Mets fan. Yeah. I'm going to say Nick Castellanos. I think that you're paying for his highs here. He had a career high last year, career season. I don't think he's going to match that. Also, 
didn't need an outfielder, already had J.D. Martinez, so filled up his second outfield slot at a three. I think he could have waited a little bit and got someone comparable. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I feel like it's the real Muto pick. I think it was the, um, you know, I, I don't think it's as risky as, say, like, you know, drafting Sanchez around that point. I mean, he, he's the best catcher on the board, but I feel like I don't really see a, a need to, to go for him right there when you could wait and try to get, um, you know, someone like Grandal or Molina or somebody a little bit later and just try to um, let someone else make the move before you. So I think that's one of those instances where um, you, you, you you could benefit from just letting other people kind of make their moves and play the chess. So, um, yeah, and you could see that um, after Real Muto and Sanchez, there was just a very long wait for any more catchers um, who could provide, you know, pretty good value for you. So, Got the Murano Verrazanos. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you my favorite pick. I really like Yasmani Grandal in the 13th. Okay. I think when you're looking at the catchers who are on the board, it felt about the right time to take a catcher. You clearly have a tier there. Nick Murano was able to reach and get the one that he wanted, and then the others followed suit. I don't think he would have got one coming back to him that he would have liked as much. Okay. For me, I'm not crazy about that pick because I think that um, I think that Molina, Ramos, and Posey are all in my like. I would put all three of them above both Grandal and Contreras. You're a big Grandal lover, though. Um, I was in the past, and the move is very interesting to Milwaukee. But um, what's his what's his playing time situation? Well, is he guaranteed? Like, is he I don't think they have anyone know? else. Yeah, I don't think they have anyone else. Hmm. I don't know. Smaller ballpark. I think he's the clear starter. He takes a walk. Everything I like in a man. <laughs> so what was your favorite then? Do you have one? Yeah, uh, Donaldson. Again, just nice value there. I feel like a lot of sites had him ranked higher because, you know, everyone thinks he's going to bounce back. He got him in the 10th. He didn't really lose much. And, yeah, if he does bounce back, then that's a top, you know, three-round pick that he got in the 10th round. So it was a good place. Seems you don't like any pick from him. <laughs> so we're finding out. I'm, Frankie I'm, hates the Murano Arizona. I've completely faded at this point, and I apologize to anybody listening to this. Um, I don't know, did, you, did you say? Or you said yours? Grandal. Okay, it was Grandal. Um, You're falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Frank, Frank <laughs> Arthur Shippies from class. All right, we can move on to yeah, his yeah. favorites. Um, Frankie maybe have a, he'll have a ton of those. I'm going to take, this may be unpopular, I'm going to say Glaber Torres. I think it, it is a little bit of Yankee fandom in there. I don't know about necessarily the playing time, especially when everyone comes back healthy. And I think that it, there's a little bit too much hype rather than results that are in Glaber's draft position. Okay. I'm going to go with Big Daddy Kershaw because he took him in the second round. I just think it was too early for him. The guy, like, I don't know. He's hurt all the time. I had him last year. It was a headache. And his velocity is down to, like, 89 miles an hour. I watched him when he was pitching a lot of the time, and it was just like you would you just sit there holding your breath, hoping that some guy was going to psych himself out and be like, oh, shit, this is Kershaw, and not smash this 89-mile-an-hour fastball over the wall. So I think instead of Kershaw, 
I would have went, I don't know, Paxton maybe. Or maybe, you know, not even taking a pitcher there. Do you have a least um, favor or is it just the entire team? <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of favorite, I'm not I'm not mad at this on the Sonny Gray pick. I think at that point, you know, just him I think he had a, a string of bad luck on the Yankees and just couldn't seem to vibe with that team. So uh, I like that pick. I think that could, you know, it could go either way, but um, it's just, you know, assessing what's what's going on at that point. And I think it wasn't um, a bad move considering the SP landscape at that point. Um, I like the Karis Davis. Uh, I'll just keep, keep listing things I like. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm <laughs> Frankie's, I'm, I'm Frankie's gone. At this point. All right, so let's go to Jeff's team. Um, I think that my favorite pick is going to have to be Luke Voigt in the 21st round. I think he's underranked. I think he's going to break out. That was done from his phone, too. Yeah, fantastic job. And I like he paired it with Smoke, too, which is kind of cool because you got to figure one of those guys is going to be decent. So I really like the Kyle Hendricks pick. Kyle Hendricks got his money. I think he's an underrated pitcher in our league, someone who's steady, can control, doesn't walk too many people. Is going to provide the 350 points that you need to uh, dominate the league, especially as a third pitcher for Jeff. Fourth, actually. Is it his fourth? Yeah, it's his fourth. Wow. Wow. I know third base is deep, but I like the Miguel Andujar pick a lot. Um, I think that he, you know, he doesn't really, like, errors aside, like, that could, like, you know, that could maybe get you minus 10 each week, but I think that um, my favorite pick, though, by his, I think it goes to Brian Dozier because this is a guy that you know would be usually drafted in the first few rounds, and just you know is an example of another bounce back candidate he's right on the there. Nats now. So he's on the Nats. He's on a good team, even when they're Harperless. Um, and he average aside, he's going to probably come through for you points-wise, in a ton of other categories. So um, I think that could, you know, pay off, and it could he could provide, like, a fourth, you know, round value or something right there. Least favorite pick? Um, least favorite pick, let's go with... I'll, no, I'll leave that one for you. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I will go with Steven Strasburg in the fourth. Um, I don't know. It just feels like I, I'm not a big Strasburg guy. I think he's gonna get hurt. I do think that was decent value where he got him. It's yeah, the end of the fourth round. Yeah, I'm looking at. It. I'm not. I'm not super mad at it if you look at the next guys. But I don't know. I like. I like Jeff's team. Do you think Robbie Ray was gotten that decent value? I think Robbie Ray's got the upside there. Like so, Robbie Ray. If if he had a bunch of high risk pitchers, then no. But the fact that he's got Scherzer and Hendricks, like there's two guys that are definitely gonna be good. Um, and so then he's pairing it with upside. He's got guys like Wheeler and Strasburg who could be good, could be bad. One is based more on a breakout. One's based more on health. I'm okay with Robbie Ray there, I guess. I'm going to say my least favorite is Reynaldo Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> In the Shocker. 10th round. I, I think out of all the draft picks, this one's my least favorite. I just think there are so many better pitchers who you could get at that pick or later. 
that Reynaldo, I don't know if Jeff really likes him. I think he had him last year, so maybe he knows something that we all don't about him. He knows in person. But uh, to me, that was, a, that was a big reach and not one I would do. He's got good teeth, you know, and Jeff's all about the teeth. Now. One interesting thing to note. Three of Jeff's first four picks were Washington Nationals, and his <laughs> other was Bryce Harper. So Jeff really heavy on the uh, on the Nats. Trip. That is pretty yeah. interesting. Frankie, who's your least favorite? So what's the hype around Wilson Contreras? Like I I, I don't I don't, I don't know Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with Wilson Contreras? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I, especially when it comes to the to the catcher position, I feel like he's not he's not giving you that much. And I'm looking at his stuff. From last season, like he had a 2.49 average, he had 121 strikeouts. Like, like to me, this is just, um, you know, considering the people who went just around later. Whether this, whether that, I feel, I mean, obviously, I would think Justin sparked the rush, like we've been saying with the Molina, but uh, with the Molina pick. But um, I don't know. I mean, you guys kind of convinced me that Grandal was was a fine pick at that point, but for me, Contreras. Um, is the big question mark for me there um, at that point? Um, when if you wanted to go catcher, I think um, you could just look at Molina's stats for the past you know bajillion years and just feel way more confident in that, or just see what Ramos has been doing in spring training and thinking about his move um, to the Mets and what he can contribute to that team. Or, or just Buster somebody Posey's like Posey. good hip, you know, he's got that good <laughs> hip now. And I will say the big yeah. question mark I didn't know was who Merrill Kelly was. But yeah. apparently Jeff has done his research and picked up this guy who's been in South Korea for the past four years. <laughs> Jeff Googled so, sleepers. Yeah, see Let's see what happens. And then last but not least, we move on to Ben. Anyone have a favorite pick on Ben's team? Thick neck. Um, the web gems. I'm going to say mine was actually uh, Tyler Skaggs in the 11th round. I think if you remove Skaggs' big blow-ups last year, he actually had a very, very solid campaign. Um, now, someone who does tend to get injured, so you have to watch his injury history... But if he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, he can be a very solid top-of-the-line starter. Okay. Carlos Santana is always um, a, good, always. a good pick in our in our league and really just any league but the when it comes to first base. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be bold here and say that I like the, the Bummy pick a lot because um, Bummy kind of, you know, as much as, you know, I think just correct me if I'm wrong, but just he hasn't looked as sharp when he has been healthy lately, but his two injuries were both kind of freak, you know, things that happened to him, and whether that's actually affecting him in the long run, freak or not, like, um, is still kind of up in the air, but, you know, this is, you know, a big talent of his time, I think, so it could, it could pay off, especially looking at those big per- talent of his time? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> big talent of his time. We'll see if he can rebound, but his news on Fantrax is Bumgarner gave up seven runs on ten hits and a walk <laughs> over just two innings on Friday. So I'm not big on the bummy pick. Um, I agree that the Carlos Santana pick is great. Um, Abreu was still on the board. I think I like Carlos Santana more in a points league, but I'm not going to pick that one. I'm going to go down to Danny Jansen because after... The Molina, Ramos, and Posies were off the board. Um, Jansen's the only one with an ounce of upside, I think, at that point. I'm not into Cervelli this year. Um, so, yeah. And least favorite. We'll wrap it up. Uh, least fave. Let's go with Roughnet Odor. Because I don't really like Roughnet Odor, and I'd much rather have had Robinson Cano there. 
personally don't like Rough Nodo. Yeah, just, you know, he's got that dirty goatee. Brian, you have a least favorite? Um, I'm wavering between Dylan Bundy and... And Dylan uh, Bundy. And Dylan Bundy. <laughs> um, he's a real pitcher of our time. <laughs> I feel of our talent. <laughs> Luis Castillo, like, has... You're, you know, just na- <laughs> you're just naming players right now. Yeah. <laughs> the sad yes. <laughs> I'm going to say Patrick Corbin. The guy had such a weird year last year. His velocity dipped strangely mid-year. Yeah, it was but was weird. still effective. Was still but very like, effective. Does that mean you should pick him as your, your SP2? Yeah, now he's going like, in first pick in the third round on a new team. Last year was a contract year, so maybe it's something a little bit extra to pick for. Now we pitch for, now we got paid. We'll see how it turns out. I think I may have went hitter there instead, but yeah. Ben needed pitching. I feel like if I was Ben, I would have taken Paxton with one of those picks. Just because, like, I don't know. Equal risk, better upside. That wraps up. We went through the whole draft. So yeah. if anyone made it through the last hour and 15 minutes of this podcast, yeah, is that how long this has been? I have no idea. We can edit but, out um, all the dead air that I caused by my <laughs> well, sleepiness. And then you're, you're a true champion if you made it through. <laughs> and a picture of your talent. <laughs> picture of your talent. This has been us for three guys, one couch. One couch. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um... Yeah, let us know any feedback, you know, because we'll try to do these a little more regularly. We'll probably keep them shorter, but, you know, we're hyped on uh, after the draft. So, yeah, let us know. All right. Thanks for listening.